This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. It's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. <sighs> well, <laughs> not so much for me, man. My voice is shot. I hope those of you in this cold weather... I'm in New York, New Jersey, you guys already know that But those of you in the cold weather, man, I hope you keep yourself warm Because I messed up one evening And look at me, sick for like a week and a half Coughing, coughing up the place, man But man, we are here to talk some sports Welcome to episode number 20 of the Statman Sports Podcast Guys, this is your host Steve Duffus You know what time it is Anthony Davis requested a trade 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday Man, <laughs> who does that? Who does that? Can, can we just wait till lunch for for you to kind of announce these type of things, Rich Paul? Dang, eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't even brush my teeth yet, bro. Come on, son. But hey, that's how it goes in the NBA world, man. But that's the most interesting thing we can talk about. And in this podcast, as you guys already know, like I just said, because my voice is a bit shot, I try to keep it at a minimum and get direct to the point, guys. But without no further ado, I want to give thanks and appreciation to those of you who have been listening from day one for those new listeners usually we do segments where we break down different topics and talk and i give my opinion about these topics but today you know we're going to keep it simple we're going to keep it straight and then next week we'll get back on schedule yes man and before i let you guys uh get into it with me now remember we have the t-shirts as well uh store.statmanpodcast.com and of course Wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can subscribe, give a review, especially on iTunes, because that absolutely helped us. Those analytics help us, you know, focus on the things that you guys want. But anyway, let's get this thing going, fellas and ladies. Let's do this. Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? Those of you who have been following me actively from, you know, the beginning of social media days on Facebook, on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know sometimes I like to revisit old things. You know, I like to bring up these memories because that's the type of person I am. And uh, lately in the NBA, we have to, I have to remind some of you and remind myself, you know, how does this whole super, this whole super team thing started, right? So I did some research, went back, man, I, surprise, surprise. Super teams have always existed, but the problem, per se, or the discussion point lately in this, uh, the last couple years, I'll say the last six, seven years, has been about how do you put these teams together? Back in the 60s and 70s with the Lakers and the Celtics, those, those players were drafted. They were put together on the team, and they just happened to blend well and play together and win a bunch of championships. Bill Russell's Celtics won 11 championships in, what, 13 years or 14 years, something like that. Then you have the Los Angeles Lakers with uh, Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor. Um, then you have the Lakers in the 80s, Celtics in the 80s. We all know those are the most notable teams that we think about. A whole ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, two-part series about that. Lakers and Celtics, they pretty much dominated the NBA. <clears throat> Excuse me, and the in the early 80s and late 80s till the bad boy Pistons came around. Then, of course, you have, I wouldn't call them a super team per se, 
But the uh, Chicago Bulls, yeah, on paper they looked like a super team, but the way the NBA was built at the time, it wasn't really that. It was just the greatest basketball player of all time, Mike Jordan, the greatest defensive player of all time, in my opinion, and Scottie Pippen on the team. And then they happened to come around with uh, Dennis Rodman in their second run. I won't really call that a super team. But then we come to the times now. Let's talk about... Let, let, let me start with you guys from 2001 up to now. 2001, my team, Los Angeles Lakers. They didn't draft Kobe Bryant. They just made a trade for him and got him on the team. They signed Shaquille O'Neal as free agency. Nobody knew at the time that Kobe and Shaq were going to win three straight championships on a three-peat. Nobody knew that. But if you look at their roster just on paper, you're like, okay, it's Kobe, Shaq, and then who else after that? I washed up Ron Harper in the first run. And at least Kobe's first run with Shaq. Washed up Ron Harper, uh, Kobe, Shaq. Uh, you had uh, Brian Shaw. Who else would you name? You have Robert, uh, Robert Ory. I can't even remember the rest of the roster. Uh, Derek Fisher. My point being is they weren't a super team. It was just Kobe and Shaq and a bunch of role players who knew their positions. They knew what they need to do. And you have the greatest coach of all time, arguably, in Phil Jackson. You know, coaching the team. That's how the NBA worked early 2000s. Then you come to the middle of the 2000s when you get LeBron, James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo, Anthony, these guys were drafted. They all went to their separate teams. They built up their teams to a normal standard where teams were able to fear them, made the playoffs, won a couple of playoff series, but they never won championships. And then the bombshell dropped. 2008 season. So we fast forward to the 2008 season. Paul Pierce, his entire career, his best player he played with at, to that point was who? Antoine Walker. So Antoine Walker is on that team. Paul Pierce, you can't remember the rest of the roster. I can't remember from the top of my head unless I go look at it. Then that trade happened. Kevin Garnett from the Minnesota Timberwolves in his prime. To this day, in my opinion, even as debatable, he's the best power forward at the time. Even better than Tim Duncan. Another discussion for another day. He was on that team. He got traded to the Boston Celtics. Then, to make the team even more egregious... That everyone start making noise about Ray Allen joined the team. So then you have now an actual super team that decided that they wanted to be together. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. Then they added Big Baby Davis. Then they had uh, Nate Robinson on the team. They had Ray John Rondo. They were coached by Doc Rivers. They became the best defensive team in the NBA, bar none. They gave Kobe Bryant and the 2008 Lakers run for their money. They crushed them defensively. Kobe couldn't do anything. One of the greatest offensive players ever. And to some, that was when the super team era was born. But no, right now is a consensus of, even for me, LeBron James is really the one that made it. What I really want to get to, yes. It took me a little while to give you this history lesson because you need to understand. Earlier we talked about, and I mentioned, that Anthony Davis requested a trade. But it's a two-part thing to this. Why did Anthony Davis request a trade? Like, pretty much in the middle of the season. Because he spent most of his career in the New Orleans New Orleans uh, Pelicans. And they weren't winning anything. GM management wasn't helping him win. And we as a society, we have the people who always discuss this on a daily basis on all social media platforms everywhere. We make it about championships. Tom Brady is about to play in the Super Bowl. We consider Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever. Why? 
Mostly because he has the most Super Bowls than everybody else, aside from all the other intangibles that we're not going to get into. But the point being is, there's no argument because Tom Brady has the most championships. He played in the most Super Bowls for a quarterback. So that should end the debate, right? But that's what we as the media did. Because up to this day, I can't, I don't know, I can't know who came up with this theory that is championships is what defines what greatness should be. In my estimation, a championship just defines how great of a team you have. If that's the case, then Bill Russell's the greatest champion of all time, or the greatest player of all time, rather. Because that's what the argument is. It's, it's all about championships. Then Bill Russell has 11. Conversation done. Jordan only has six. He has five to go to catch him, and he never will. So why do we have this discussion? It starts with us. We were the ones to talk and start this whole debate about winning championships is a must in order for your legacy to matter. In order for you to not enter the Hall of Fame like a bunch of NBA players with an asterisk. Everybody considers Charles Barkley a great power forward, but he's not the greatest. Why? Because he hasn't won championships. Some of you might wonder, why are you talking about this? Why does that have to do with Anthony Davis requesting a trade? Well, that's the entire point. Anthony Davis's statement from his agent, Rich Paul. This is what Anthony Davis wants. He said Anthony Davis wanted to be honest and clear with his intentions and that the reason for informing them of the decision to wanting to be trade is in the best interest of Anthony Davis and the organization's future. Anthony Davis wants to be traded to a team that allows him to win the championship consistently and compete for a championship. Actually, I butchered that quote. Anthony wants to be traded to a team that allows him a chance to win consistently and compete for a championship. Sure, any athlete that makes millions, anybody who goes into sports, is all we want to do and win. And championships are way more than anything. And that's the absolute reason why Anthony Davis requested a trade. Now, let's get to the meat of what I really, really, really want to talk about. Where should Anthony Davis be going? I put my Laker fat, my Laker hat on as a fat. And I'll tell you, yeah, sure, I want Anthony Davis to come to the Lakers. Matter of fact, the rest of the NBA team should want Anthony Davis to be on their team. Anthony Davis is averaging that on year 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, and a steal. That's what Anthony Davis is averaging, and he's only 25 years old. You don't want that on your team? Really? He has like 6 or 7 years left in his prime. Absolute prime. Matter of fact, he might not even be in his prime. Like, peak, peak prime. Think about it. Most players get to their prime when they're like 28, 29. LeBron was LeBron his, his, his entire career, but we haven't seen LeBron peak till he went to Miami. He's about 25, 26, 27, 28. That's when LeBron really peaked and became who he was. Michael Jordan won his first championship at 28. That's when Michael Jordan won his first ring. For, for those of you kids who don't know, 28. But the onus was all about winning championships. And Anthony Davis, for you, some of you Laker fans out there who get a little bit too excited beforehand, do your homework. Anthony Davis can come to the Lakers. Absolutely, I welcome him. But these are the things we need to do, the Lakers need to do, to, to get Anthony Davis. The Pelicans was really clear. One, we're not going to rush our timeline just to get rid of him because the player acts. And that's one of the other reasons why the NBA landscape has changed. 
players now have the authority, unlike players in the past. They have the authority to force their way to go to places they want to go. For instance, look at Kawhi Leonard. Do we really think Kawhi Leonard was really, really hurt? Did he, was he really hurt? We can question it. He just didn't want to play in San Antonio anymore for whatever the reason is. He's having an all-star season. Again, championship caliber basketball he's playing right now in Toronto. And there's no surprise that the Toronto Raptors are one of the best teams in the NBA. Not a surprise. Anthony Davis can go to the Lakers, but they need to mortgage almost the entire future. You can see articles, you can go on Twitter, you can read around, and you can see that. To get Anthony Davis, the Pelicans, at least from the Lakers, they ask for Zubak, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. At minimum, that's just to start talks. Justifiably so. They're getting, they already have the number one player in the NBA, and they're possibly going to get the number two or number three player, arguably, whoever you want to put it. Kevin Durant before him or Kevin Durant after him. But Anthony Davis is top three player in the NBA. That's just how it is. The NBA has changed people. I'm old enough to have watched basketball completely in the 90s, early 2000s up to now, obviously. Big men used to dominate the NBA. If Anthony Davis absolutely played in the 90s with the skills he has now, he would absolutely. You scrap Michael Jordan, he probably, probably, probably most likely be the best big man in the NBA with all the skill sets that he has. He can shoot the three. He can defend pick and rolls. He can defend one-on-one. He can guard the paint. He's really in foul trouble. He can rebound. He can pass. He does everything a guard does, but he's just 7-1, 7 That's what Anthony Davis does. You don't want him on your team, but to get such a player of that caliber, you have to mortgage your future. And right now, just to inform people that have, who don't know who are listening to me just to get that information, there are a few teams who have the assets to get Anthony Davis. But one of them is pretty tricky, the Boston Celtics. They have Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum. They can give up those assets. They have first-round picks and second-round picks, a multitude of them for the coming years. They can give all that up. But they also have to trade Kyrie Irving. Because in the NBA bylaws, some crazy bylaw that was explained by Brian Windhorst. You can read that article. If you go on a website for the podcast, I'll leave that there in the link. And also, you can find that on my handle on Twitter at Duffisboy. I'll leave all that information there if you need it again. I'll retweet it. Pretty much because of some NBA bylaw. If the Celtics want Anthony Davis right now, they're going to have to trade Kyrie Irving. And that defeats the entire purpose. Because you would want Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving on the same team, don't you? Or won't you? Right? You want that, Boston Celtic fans, but you just can't. So, what's the other alternative? You just have to hope and wait that the Pelicans don't pull the trigger right away or don't get a great offer. And wait till the offseason and then everything is a go. The next team... That's already mentioned, obviously. Everybody's talking about Anthony Davis going to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's a possibility, but like I said multiple times already, they're going to have to mortgage their future. What the Lakers have right now, at minimum, they will have to give up. Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, and definitely Kyle Kuzma, for sure. Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, if you want to throw Brandon Mingham in there, Lakers have whatever picks they have, they got to throw those in there as well. Just to get Anthony Davis. But then again, in my estimation, that would leave the Lakers again. And what got them in the position right now that they have all these 
small players they're not making much money they're young talent and draft picks is that you're gonna go back to square one okay you're gonna have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team but how are you gonna fill up the rest of the roster to compete with the Golden State Warriors with the Houston Rockets with the Toronto Raptors Philadelphia 76ers the Boston Celtics on paper it looks amazing Maybe in the early 2000s, this would have worked. Matter of fact, it probably would have worked. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, can you guys imagine trying to guard that type of pick and roll? with the LeBron James, to me, is top five passers of all time. NBA history, period. You can imagine LeBron James, a freight train, coming at you. That's just a nightmare on his own. And then you have a guy that's 7-2 trailing behind him that runs like a guard who happens to be the best big man in the NBA. Just imagine that. Just imagine in crunch time, fourth quarter, pick and rolls. LeBron James, you have a decent three-point shooter out there. You can't guard LeBron one-on-one because you have to guard that three-point shooter. Then you have a man that's coming to set the pick that can roll to the basket. Not just roll to the basket and dunk or get a layup. He can actually roll, roll out 15 feet, get you a jumper. He can roll out 20 feet, get you a jumper. He can roll out to the three-point line and get you a three-point shot. So you got to pick your poison. What are you going to do? You're going to take your chances with Anthony Davis or you're going to take your chances with LeBron James? I won't want to be that type of coach. <laughs> and I'll tell the GM beforehand, I'll tell the owner, hey, if we lose to these guys, don't blame me. These dudes are monsters. That's what we're looking at. That's what the Lakers could potentially be looking at. And I'm going to predict right now, not as a homer, but I believe I wouldn't mortgage my entire future for for Anthony Davis. But then I have basketball sense as well. A player like Anthony Davis and the caliber of LeBron James only come about once every 15, 20 years. Why the heck would I not take that chance? I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. I don't work in the front office. I don't know the numbers. If the Lakers get a chance to do this, if, they have, if the Pelicans are going to bite to go for it right now, the Lakers should do that. The rest will figure itself out. In this new NBA, everyone are practically shooters. Everybody can shoot the basketball. Not everyone is Steph Curry. Not everyone is Klay Thompson. Not everyone is Ray Allen. But we can find ourselves a few. Uh, we can find ourselves a few uh, Steve Kerr's out there. We can find ourselves a few uh, Kyle Culver's out there. Yeah, you can say Kyle Culver's an all-time great. You guys get what my point is. My point being is you can find some great three-point shooters. You can find some good defenders out there. You can still find players that are committed to their job. And all they care about is winning. Okay? That's 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 one of the points for Anthony Davis. But now the next thing. The next thing that we really, 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 really have to think about. This is what we really need to think about. How committed is Anthony Davis to wanting to be in L.A. or any other place? We can start in Los Angeles. The reports are Anthony Davis just bought a home in Los Angeles. Anthony Davis is committing to wanting to be in L.A. LeBron James wants him there. But then who's going to coach these guys? You say to yourself, but Steve, but, but they have Luke Walton. Lakers have Luke Walton. Well, there's reports circulating from LeBron's camps saying that LeBron... Doesn't want uh, Luke Walton as the coach. Look, man, if you know the history of LeBron James, LeBron James doesn't fit coach with anybody. Okay, to me, LeBron James should be coach, player coach. That's why he should be doing. He ran David Blatt out of town. Yes, he ran him out of town. 
Mike Brown, he got him out of town. They won 60 games and they got rid of him. David Black took them to the NBA Finals, the Cavaliers at least, when LeBron played for the Cavaliers. And they ran him out of town. Ty Lu got there, won a championship, and there was rift, apparently, with uh, with LeBron James. We're here now in L.A., we have these speculations. And this is not the first time I heard this. I've heard this on multiple shows from multiple people, credible people for that matter, that say that it's pretty tough to coach LeBron James. And I have to make a distinction, okay? Somebody that doesn't want to be coached, there's a difference between somebody that doesn't want to be coached and somebody that can be coached in the sense of LeBron is the type of player that you can coach him. But LeBron's IQ, basketball IQ, is probably, but you can most likely say the, the best IQ the NBA has ever seen or basketball has ever seen. So what would a coach know more than LeBron James? And I think that's where the conundrum is. LeBron most likely thinks the type of player that he is, the type of ego that he has, he doesn't shine it much, but when you see it, you see it. If you guys have seen his uh, ESPN Plus documentary, More Than An Athlete, LeBron said that when he beat the Golden State Warriors, that he's like, you know, that's the greatest player of all time. Not everybody says that. Not everybody has that type of confidence. And it just says, to me, that was just showing a little bit of ego. That, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, LeBron, we know you're that guy. We know you know your basketball. But that doesn't give you the authority, per se, to run people out of town. And for most of LeBron's career, that's been the, the, the thing. People overlook it. No coach stays there when LeBron is there. And that's a reason. And going back to that, we have to find that. If LeBron and Anthony Davis are teamed up in L.A., that's going to be an issue. And that's something that we need to pay attention to. But if you look at it, if you want to make predictions, if you look at the future, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, anything is possible. Anthony Davis gives Golden State Warriors trouble. Let's just make... Let's just play this game for a second. Let's just assume, let's just assume the Golden State Warriors are healthy, the Lakers are healthy for whatever pieces they get for Anthony Davis. For Anthony Davis, rather. Well, not for Anthony Davis. The pieces they get with Anthony Davis and whatever other pieces they add. Anthony Davis has been giving the Golden State Warriors some trouble. If you want to look through the numbers, Anthony Davis in two playoff series against the Golden State Warriors is averaging 31 points, 14 rebounds, and four assists a game. They have five blocks. That's what he's averaging against the Warriors. Think about it. Kevin Durant is long, but he's not long enough to guard Anthony Davis. That's just Anthony Davis, not even LeBron James. That's just Anthony Davis. Boogie Cousins is coming off an Achilles injury. He's clearly out of shape. He's getting back into basketball shape. He hasn't played for like a year, so he can't stay in front of Anthony Davis. If you watch any type of game, Anthony Davis is faster than Draymond Green, believe it or not. That's ridiculous. He's almost as fast as Steph Curry. That's what we're dealing with, folks. We're dealing with a predator. That's what we're dealing with, a predator. But of course, like we say, Golden State has five Albert Schwarzeneggers. <laughs> That's what they have. It's crazy. That doesn't mean they're going to slay the predator because you got to deal with the other predator, predator number two, which is LeBron James. He's another monster that don't even belong on this earth. Golden State had trouble. They had trouble with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, the box scores don't sell so. 4 1, 4 0 in consecutive NBA finals. But remember, they didn't have to deal with an Anthony Davis type. 
All they had to deal with was LeBron James. Let LeBron get his. Because the rest of the team just sucked. Anthony Davis took the Pelicans to the playoffs. Their roster was good. The roster was really good. And that was just Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is not on LeBron James's caliber. People remember, we can play LeBron James to Michael Jordan. Which sometimes to me makes no sense, but whatever. That's a different discussion for a different day. That's what we're dealing with, with Anthony Davis. Okay? And LeBron James. And other NBA teams would be crazy if they don't even consider, even if they don't have players to give the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. Move heaven and earth and see what you can do to get them. I never thought the New York Knicks would be in the running for this, but I've been reading reports. Guys, the New York Knicks, New York area, get your hopes high. Because they were saying Kevin Durant might be coming to New York here. And then Anthony Davis too. And New York is making a conscious effort. They're doing their homework to see what can they give up for Anthony Davis. They need to revive this town of New York. They need to revive the town. And they need to do anything to get Anthony Davis. But in the end, guys, in the end, I believe Anthony Davis will end up going to the Los Angeles Lakers. The NBA landscape will change again forever. Because it adds on to another layer that I already talked about from the beginning. Super teams always existed, but nobody really thought about it till after LeBron James actively and methodically came together with his friends and said, hey, in order for us to win a championship, we superstars need to come together. Now it's the norm. I hated it when it happened. I crucified LeBron for it when he did it. Because even with the Celtics, some people think, Think and say that the Celtics are the one that started it. No. Paul Pierce didn't call Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and say, you know what, guys, we need to play together. It happened to come together based on trades. You can make the argument that maybe they call Ray Allen. But with LeBron, it was just obvious. They made a whole spectacle. They made a circus about it. He won his championships. The Heat won two out of four championships. They went to consecutive four consecutive NBA Finals. But with a team like that, with all that talent, that's what's supposed to happen. And LeBron James changed the landscape of basketball on and off the court. The way he handles the media, the way he goes about releasing information, the way he does things in the community is second to none. And Anthony Davis moving his way around was just part of that precedent set by LeBron James. People might ask me, what do you think the future is going to look like for the NBA when more players are going to do this. Well, that's going to be up to the commissioner and the competition committee and the players association how they handle this. Do you want players to continue moving their way around and playing in places they want to play and leaving the small markets behind? Look, as a fan, I could care less who plays where. Honestly, I just want to watch good basketball. There's a reason why the NFL is a great league the way it is. Some people might hate the league for whatever they do, for what they stand for. But if you look at the sport the way it is, there's a reason why the NFL thrive the way they do. It's really unpredictable. Yes, we can say, oh yeah, the New England Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl every year. And uh, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, they're more likely going to be contending every year. Sure, yeah, you can say that with any sport for that matter. But you don't know. The, the only team that's out of the norm these past Decades have been in New England Patriots. That's it in football. That's the only team that you can actually say, okay, they start the season bad, they play through it, they get to the playoffs, 
They smack everybody. They're in the Super Bowl and they win. Practically, this has been the last like 10 years, 15 years. But every other team is just unpredictable. The Saints might win the Super Bowl one season, don't make the playoffs. I got, I gave you guys that stats a couple of episodes ago. Like the percentage of teams that make it to the Super Bowl, it's like, I don't know, what was it like 17% or something crazy like that that don't even make it back to the playoffs. And that's what we love about the NFL, the unpredictability. And the NFL has become a bit too obvious. And that's why the whole super team thing was an issue. That's why it was a problem. Because players want to go to these teams, they want to play together, and it tips the balance in the NBA. Interestingly, this season, the balance is there. Like, the, the East has been more competitive, the West has been more competitive. And that's maybe because LeBron went from, from the East to the West. Maybe, we don't know. But it just seems, it's something I haven't seen in years, where one conference just dominates the entire NBA. And for the past 10, 15 years, that has been, that has been the Western Conference. So, Anthony Davis, my man, I wish you the best. Um, I would say at least you came clean now and said, hey, even if you guys offer me this $250 million contract. Matter of fact, let's even talk about that. Yo, you can imagine you go to your job and you they offer you a position, whatever the position is, and say we're going to pay you $250 million for five years. And you say, no, thank you. Nah, I just want to go work somewhere else. Nah, I want to go work at Microsoft or Mars. So it makes you wonder, is it really about the money? Of course not. Of course not about the money. You guys see how these athletes make money on and off the court? It's the... Man, now the NBA is making the most money ever. No, shoe deals. You can get shoe deals. You get watch deals. You get food deals. You get... You have Uber deals. You got... You got all type of deals, man. All type of deals. So NBA contracts don't mean as much as they used to back in the day. You can make that money off the court and on the court for wherever and from whomever. So I ain't worried about it. So Anthony Davis, hey, man, if you want to ignore that money, you want to win your championship, man, I don't blame you because we put that onus on you. That's what we do in the media as fans. You're going to be just Anthony Davis or Hall of Famer Anthony Davis with no championship. And you're tired of that. You invested all your time in New Orleans and you want to win now. And I don't blame you, bro. You do what you got to do, and I hope the best for you. And for me as a Laker fan, I hope you come to my team so I can start sharing again in June and May because that's what I want. We come to the end of another episode, man. Absolutely. I actually like that, man. I, I, just, I just talk from the bottom of my heart, you know. I, I just explain to you guys everything that I feel, all the predictions that ought to be made about this Anthony Davis trade. Um, of course, if you, if you need uh, up-and-coming news about any type of sports, you can always come back here to the Stat Man Sports Podcast. Uh, I know everyone is gearing up for the Super Bowl. We're going to have a special take on that at the end of the week where I'll give my prediction on the final score for the Super Bowl. But guys, once again, I need to go rest my voice. Those of you out there in the cold weather cities, man, uh, keep yourself warm. You don't want to get sick. And with no further ado, guys, right now, Stat Man signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.